The Confederacy of Dunks with Kevin Dowse and Freddie Revis. Hello. Afternoon. Afternoon, Frederick. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm okay. You know, you ready for this? I think I am you ready for fucking this. Fucking ready or what? I'm feeling unhinged and. Uh, yeah, you're like twitching like crazy. Yeah, right I'm, now. I'm bugging out pretty hard, but. Um, Roger Rabbit over here. I got some beautiful basketball minds on the podcast, so I think Mm-mm. I'm just going to start introducing them, and uh, I got a million questions. If you are a fan of the NBA, it will not be covered today. Uh, we will only be covering the Raptors. Uh, sure, there will be some NBA side tangents, but we're going in deep. This is a Raptors yeah. post-mortem um, Hailing uh, from Calgary, I think. <laughs> I was going to say from L.A. Yeah, but he's in L.A. right now. Uh, very, very, very funny guy. Uh, recently came out with an album. I'll uh, make him plug that again at the end of the episode. Super positive about all things Raptors, I am sure. <laughs> Give it up uh, in your homes for Will Weldon. Hey, guys. What's up? Will Weldon coming hot in your earbuds. <laughs> Whoa! That was like that's Will on a skateboard right there. That's a pretty rad. Like I feel I'm I'm coming in hot because I feel absolutely 100 percent vindicated for everything I have been saying over the past year. Okay, uh, that's a that's a nice humble start. I'm sure we'll uh, I'm sure we'll get to the we'll cross those vindications off one by one. Um, my brother, I think he uh, recently shaved part of his face because right now we just got a mustache. Uh, you'll see it in the Instagram photo. He loves the Raptors. Uh, very passionate guy. Give it up in your homes for Thomas Rivas. <laughs> oh, this is the song he danced to outside right after the sweep. <laughs> that's a pretty. That's a pretty happy song to dance to after a sweep. To get away and be <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, hey, it's me, Freddie's brother. Um, what's up? Pretty sad stuff, right? <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. Um, <laughs> this guy has been on the podcast once, twice, I think once. Uh, yep. Awesome oh. dude, uh, mega basketball fan, super hilarious. Give it up in your homes for Yao Atua. Oh, yeah, right. His song is like... Yeah, uh, this is my... This is my theme on beat. Yeah. This was my theme song last time I'm on. It is now officially my theme song, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) This is not my mood, though. (laughs) No summer vibes here. What's that song? uh, Is that like Beach Buzz? Beach Buzz? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Summer Vibes. Summer Vibes. Summer Vibes, I think it's it's good. Uh, It's good because I have some hot takes and I'm a little pissed off with some people. Good, Mm, good. Like it. Well, We're um, all fired up. I'm sure we all got a got Not a lot people, of people expected. Though. You know what? I, I'm going to just do a little ground rule for for this particular episode. I'm sure we're all going to be spewing all sorts of negativity. Okay. Ooh, not, oh, and you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be trying to rein anyone in, but try and keep your negativity constructive <laughs> in terms of like if you're like trade the core, have some suggestions. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Thank you. Thank you know, you. maybe you're not there. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe 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 someone has a super silver lining to this whole thing. Maybe not. Um, Matt, would you give me a big old sting for the raps?
All right, guys. Good luck. Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> Matt just problem. left, and he's <laughs> buck naked. Um, <laughs> that was a weird joke. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, let's start with you. Okay. Um, Dwayne Casey. Uh, I don't know if it's official yet, but it looks like all reports are indicating that the Raptors are going to let him go. Um, we lost real bad. We had a wonderful season. Um, but, uh, people need blood when something this bad happens. They need a fall guy. They do. Uh, maybe there's going to be more than one fall guy. Well, we'll get to that, but it appears the very first fall guy is Dwayne Casey. So my question to you is, um, not so much is that fair, because I don't think a lot of things in sports are fair, no. but um, should you should he be the fall guy? Should there be more than one fall guy? This is a little difficult because it's... I don't... Listen, uh, the early reports suggest that that's what they're think, leaning towards. Right. And I don't think that'll actually happen. First of all, no move should be made until we figure out where the hell LeBron James is going, because that like kind of like dictates how the East is going to fall. Uh, because I feel like the, I really feel like that's the only team that kind of like gets us out of our groove. But it is so hard to find a good coach, and it is so right. hard for him to shift culture the way he did. And he just right. listen. He's a carpenter. He has a bunch of tools, and you might not have the right tools, but you have the right carpenter. You don't you don't switch out like your carpenter just because you feel like you have the fancy enough tools. Do you know what I mean? This metaphor is going to fall. I know. I, I, I mean, it. it's pretty I feel like I'm mostly with you. Just a quick follow-up question for, cause I've, I'm, I was a bit more positivity than I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, how'd you feel when he put Bebe in the game? And I feel uh, like he scored was the- 10 <laughs> points in a row. Like he, I feel like he coaches like textbook. There's a, like, there's a way, right. There's NBA, Textbook, like, perfect for the playoffs. Yeah. There's an NBA yeah. way of coaching, and there's, like, the, like, quote-unquote right way to coach. Like, you roll with the guys who are hottest, but the NBA right. way of coaching is you always put your star player in at the end of the game, right? No matter how cold he is, you still drop the play. You live and die by your best player. Uh, so, like, for example, uh, in game three, keeping DeMar on the bench and losing by two and then everyone jumping on him. Uh-huh. and. Like on on paper, that's the right move. If it was at high school, that would be the right move to do. Right. Uh, in the NBA, everyone's kind of criticizing it. Like you're not rolling with your your best players, but your best player was kind of cold that day. Right. Uh, so I think he did a lot this year. I think the city of Toronto is a little impatient. If you're calling it for the coach after really. The day, the city of Toronto. Toronto. You might want to step that back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe you should walk back that a uh, bunch of uh, yeah. pathetic people who only know losing and reacting and freaking out at all this. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> that I'm I'm reacting to things that I keep seeing. Um, I need to change my perspective. No, I feel like it's really hard to get a good NBA coach. Uh, there are not a lot of coaches I'd want. The only other coach that I'm a big fan of just got hired. Tizel just got hired by the by the Knicks. Uh, as much as like some people are calling for Jerry Stackhouse. Wait, did did David Fisdale get hired by the Knicks? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of big. Yeah. I, I didn't. Was that today? What? He got announced. Oh, you're wow. the host of the show. <laughs> I know, but that that's still a new one, guys. I was running around a lot today. <laughs> yeah. No, he got announced today. He got oh, announced wow. as official, and it's really hard to find like someone that knows kind of like a culture change and grid and right. isn't like 
kind of does a lot of the right things. Listen, a lot of people are calling for coach. There's no good replacement. They're just like, get rid of them. We'll just deal with it as it comes or get Stackhouse, who is an unpro- who's unproven. And I keep thinking about all the player coaches that have been out there. Uh-huh. Um, with the exception of Steve Kerr and Mark Jackson, who I am a big fan of. I mean, look who there is. There's Luke Walton. Not not a good record success. There's Isaiah Thomas. Not a good record success. Oh, there's a lot there. of former bad. Uh, oh, Jason Kidd. Not a yeah. good record success. Um, Will, let's uh, let's jump over to you. Um, Casey, he's, uh, you know, I, I, I guess, yeah, I guess it's not official. Um, it really does seem to be trending that way, though. What's your, what's your take on Casey getting fired? And uh, again, yeah, not that it's not whether it's justified, but going forward, do you think it's a right move? Um, first of all, you can you, you can hear me okay? Oh, yeah. 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 Can everybody hear him? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I just switched over to my PlayStation 4 headset. So, uh, nice. <laughs> Well, this guy is cool. Through, all right. Uh, yeah, I think um, it, I, I mean, listen, it's, uh, I, I think, you know, I think Dwayne Casey got all he is going to get out of this team. Um, I mean, I think the team itself is like, if I'm sorry if I'm jumping the gun, but I think no. the team itself, there's like a fundamental problem at the core I agree. that is at this point on like it cannot be solved through a coaching change or like minor personnel change I think this era of Raptors is just over and I like love Dwayne Casey I think out of everybody Dwayne Casey is one of the last people I would sort of blame for the way we tend to I totally uh, agree implode in the playoffs but like it is I think it's time to I do think it's like, let him go take a season off. I'm sure he'll be happy. And then he'll probably get hired again pretty quickly. And I think Casey's going to have a job immediately. Casey would not be unemployed for longer than like a day or two. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I I think like, like, unless it's like uh, he by choice, like like, he's probably going to win coach of the year. The way I keep hearing things, he's probably, and they'd be unprecedented for a coach of the year to get fired the same year. No, uh, Carl, um, George Carl got fired after he won. Was oh, so that also Masai, by the way? In Denver? Uh, I think, or was yeah, I think, oh. I think Masai had left at that point. Oh, I, I see. Oh, I see. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, um, go on. Oh, well, but as for the thing of like, like unproven coaches, it's like, I think what's happened with Thibodeau and Van Gundy is proof that like every single coach is untested once they get hired to a new place. I mean, they made the mistake of giving Van Gundy the GM title as well, but like, well, or even like um, Frank Vogel in Orlando, just like doing a terrible job there. It's like, what about Dan Tony in New York and LA? Oh yeah. And also Dan, an amazing coach, like coaching an incredible defense in Houston as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think so many uh, coaching situations, are massively contextual and people kind of treat it like each coach has their own, you know, kind of like untainted science lab, but which I, I I actually agree with you. Like it's really, it's a lot of situational things. Yeah. Like Casey was, uh, so he was a coach for what, seven, eight years. Yeah. How many years was he, uh, on the hot seat? Was it every single year? <laughs> was it every single year? Yeah. You know what every, I mean? So so how do you evaluate your dis- – anyways, yeah. How do you well, increase your win total and still be in the exactly. hot seat? Like, it's really strange. Um, but, like, D'Antoni – Well, going- I mean, we know how. It's it's the playoffs. Like, 
We know why. It's because this team has never had a like this this core group of Raptors has never had a dignified exit out of the playoffs. Maybe the yes. first year, um, but other than that, they've barely been humiliated well, when they, when they every bar- single one of their final on, on two years ago. Yeah, because like that was like Pierce blocking Lowry. That and yeah, that's the closest we got to and, dignified. And, and when Brooklyn, yeah. uh, I think. Brooklyn, they went to the second round and got like decimated. Right? Yeah, like, they then we got swept by Washington. They were an old bag of bones, and they kind of stuck it to this young <laughs> core that was like just about yeah. to like is or are, are, are they going to turn the corner? But it's it's really funny to me, like people talking Casey. It's kind of like if you were to fire Pat Riley in the middle of like Michael Jordan's run. Do you know what I mean? Like they couldn't get past the Bulls, and like it'd be ludicrous to fire Pat Riley. Like yeah. I don't think Pat Riley and Dwayne Casey on the same level because Pat Riley went there with a few championships. But still, like, New York's stuck with the same roster, mm-hmm. with the same core and the same but, team. But maybe they gave him those extra years of struggling because he had come from those championships, where Dwayne Casey might be running into a situation where we have this this core that, yeah, that that struggles when it gets to that point. So it's like, would, would a new coach come in and say you changed a big piece of of that core that can't get over the hump could that new coach maybe take a so where where are you at with the casey thing tom sorry were we were you done there will because I, I what i got from you was kind of that like there's a fundum there's like there's so many like major actual serious flaws that replacing casey aren't going to fix which is uh, yeah, I think, and, but I do. I mean, I do think it's time for him to go. But I don't think that's going to fix it. I think it's right. time for him to go because I think it is time for like this era of the Toronto Raptors to just like be over. But if if Masai cannot get any kind of return on any of those core pieces in the roster, then a part of me is like, you might as well just bring Casey back for the last season of his right. Because like, what difference is it going to make? Um. Tom, where where are you at on uh, on Casey uh, getting fired or or blamed for this uh, playoffs? Yeah, um, I think he did. Like we saw in other postseasons, there was times where we were calling for his head because he he failed to adjust, even with just like inbound plays and 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 matchups. Like I remember against the Brooklyn one, we had like two five second, and that was like two five-second inbound calls, and mm-hmm. that was that was a big narrative. So it's like he's grown and he's adjusted, but I, I understand that huge pain that we're all feeling. Like, we all get it, this pain of, like, we're, we gotta, we're looking for something right now. And Right, so, and so it, that, that, that that's the fall guy thing. That That's where I'm kind of coming from. Like, it seems like the search to cut off a head is a bit more important than and I think I think cut yeah, off. Yeah, I think... I think Yao, and I think you're right, and I think it's like kind of the crazy idea to switch up having a, a carpenter that is doing what he's doing. But I, I think Will's right too is that they're after five years seeing this core run into this brick wall. There, something's got to get tweaked to get over it. And I know, like the the thing about it is like who who are we going to tweak with the kind of money we got right now and. All, all of those players that are locked in are big time. I was waiting for someone to say that. So yeah. I actually think you touched on the main reason Casey is getting fired. So last year, after the embarrassment, uh, after you know a pretty decent season, and uh, 
and you know PJ Tucker and Ibaka and uh, you know Lowry got injured again and all that kind of stuff. Um, Masai kind of doubled down, but did change the system, added some new assistants, and that's when culture change happened. The whole culture change. Well, what does that mean? And we learned what it meant, and it meant uh, record winning season, and it was fantastic. Like it's like all of a sudden our our kind of like. 90 style offense just got modernized and it was awesome. But yeah, this year you, you, he can't come out in a press conference and say words like there absolutely needs to be an action of some kind. And Casey seems to fit the bill. He seems to be the cheapest cut. Well, it's like this core, we, there, there, there is talent there. And if a, a major piece were to move and something fresh were to come in, maybe yeah. with a new coach, we could ride out what we're in, yeah. but, but I, I, I'm, I also, he's done so well and we've gotten better every I guess single I, year. Yeah. I feel like I should have brought a Casey hater on the pod. Cause they're, out I there. thought you, I, I, they are, they're I, out there. I, I thought I there realize. was going to be somebody up here and I was going to um, be like, and another thing. It's but, just, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, he's just improved every single year and made adjustments, but I don't, I don't know. There's like but the, the guy on the I other think, team, LeBron but, uh, James. I think there's like three main factors in here, and I, I think we're getting to a step a little early. We're, there's there's Lowry, there's DeRozan, and there's Casey. And we can't, in theory, the definition of sanity of insanity is trying to do the same thing and expect. Sorry, did you say the definition of insanity? <laughs> Can you imagine if I? <laughs> I really hope that you did. <laughs> but okay, sorry. Definition of insanity is. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Seriously. And we're doing the same thing over and over. We're not doing the exact same thing, but we right. are. And when we hit Cleveland, we are. Like, that team regressed in games two and four. Like, absolutely positively regressed in those two games. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, uh, okay, so wait, wait. Let's uh, – I know I'm cutting you off a little bit here, but um, I, I don't want to leave Casey quite yet. So uh, I'm gonna like because because I will defend Casey because um, we're, we're we're getting to Abaco we're getting to DeRozan we're getting to Lowry we're getting to everything, um, but Will I'm gonna go back to you quickly just as, as a fun thought exercise, um, if you can replace Casey with anyone with this current squad um, because you know we don't know what moves may or may not be made uh, who to be, current squad yes. um, I think uh, <sighs> um uh. Current squad, you either um, you either just promote one of the assistants to finish out the clock, or you find uh, you find like a screamer and see if that works. Like you find whoever the equivalent of Doug Collins is, and you just have <laughs> I'm him pretty come sure, in uh... and yell at them about how they suck, and see if that produces any kind of different result. Well, um, I'm pretty sure Kevin O'Neill's still available. Oh, uh, if anyone, okay, well, I, got, I had an answer for this. Before. If anyone wants to get stabbed in the back by Kevin O'Neill with a pen, um, you can you can give him the job. <laughs> I know. Um, so we should, yeah, for Will, we should hire Spreewell. Uh, he doesn't coach, but he'd come in and motivate. Wait, are you just thinking uh, that because Spreewell attacked Carlissimo? That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, why not? Right. Um, that's uh, that's some Revis logic right there. Weird as hell. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So Will, you, you you're like uh, we need a drill sergeant for the for for uh, as as a Casey replacement while we maybe like wait for a new era. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, if you're gonna if, if you're gonna replace the coach, why not replace him with 
someone totally different. Or you bring in, if Jeff Van Gundy is finally ready, I'd just be interested to see what Jeff Van Gundy still has uh, in his tank. He but, might have as I mean, much as really, uh, Stan. Nobody really knows if he's coming back full time or if he's just working with the national team a little bit. Um, Ugh, you need to see my stank face for that answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's Mark Jackson. If you're going to replace Casey, you're replacing him with the oh. upgrade of the 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 actual offense and the culture you're trying to promote is like old school Golden State before Steve Kerr took over. So a level down from Steve Kerr in theory was Mark Jackson. A level up offensively is probably Mark Jackson. And he's probably going to scream. And he's been spending a year. And he's probably the best coach available. So isn't Tisdale. Just a serious follow-up question. Yeah. Do you think he says hands down, man down, or man down, whatever the hell Hands down, man down? Yeah. Do you think he (laughs) says that during practices? And do you think he says mama there goes that man during practices? Or even maybe like in, in an airport? Listen. I'm pretty sure he says that in game after practices and de- yeah. in games that they lose, he comes hands down and like that's the next practice. But if you're if you're going to keep the same core and you're trying to advance with the same type of offense that you already have, then you the best matchup is probably Mark Jackson. You probably get mm-hmm. someone from the outside in to observe. I wouldn't want to promote from within because I feel like that's a that's like kind of giving up, and I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of Stackhouse yet because I haven't seen anything from him. Right. Um, okay. That's, that's, that's so fair if I'm though. going if I'm going to do that, but but that's just me not being the biggest fan of replacing a coach. No, we'll get to that. We'll get that in a moment. Um, Tom, uh, is there is there a coach out there that uh, you like or maybe you think would fit well with this? Like, are we just picking squad? anybody? Uh, people that are pick, available. Pick, pick a real. Oh, okay. person. I don't even yeah. know who's available. <laughs> not, maybe, like, yeah, maybe, like, maybe not Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> okay. There's like Vogel. Um, yeah. There's Stan Van Gundy. There's Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, who's getting just Jason Kidd? <laughs> I don't know. I can't think. Of, who's no, the guy like, who keeps coming back to life from Game of Thrones? Baron Dunder, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Him? You can't choose him. Uh, I'd take Steve Kerr. Okay, he's fucking coaching. Okay, yeah. but you know, no, no, no. Like, who, who's a coach that exists? That's a real person that you would take. There's Becky Hammond. Um, yeah, Becky Hammond. Sweet. I would take something like that. That'd be so fresh. That would be fresh. I would love to see her get a head coaching job. Apparently, she's up for the Milwaukee Bucks job. I know. Uh, actually, great. Well, we'll take it. See you later, Dwayne. Um, Becky's in. She's a champion. So someone, yeah, someone that comes from pop system that like literally will be like, I need to prove everything. Don't talk to me. I hate you all. That might be. That would actually maybe be a good fit. Did Coach Bud reland? I know he's been interviewing with teams, uh, but uh, Budenholzer, he's leaving Atlanta. He spoke with Phoenix, oh, okay, but so then decided to... not to take the job. I think he's staying in Atlanta. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna spice this one up a little bit. Spice it up. You wanna know who should coach the Raptors starting next year? Who? Sam Hinkie. <laughs> He's a GM, sure. <laughs> what? You bring in Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie. You bring in Sam Hinkie and he just starts. Like basically if someone's healthy, he'll tell them not to play. You know what I mean? He'll he like he dismantled the roster from 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 the ground up. No, no, I think uh for me it's actually <laughs> Becky Hammond. And I do think that um Stackhouse is a risk, but there's some kind of familiarity with the organization. And I do think he's done some kind of progressive, cool stuff with the 905. Mind you, obviously, it's a total different story. But I do think as a totally player, 
he's someone who's going to garner a lot of respect. Like this guy has scoring records, 60 point games. So I think that there's a lot there as far as like goodwill. There's some goodwill there. I, uh, again, this is a pretty speculative question. Um, again, we got so much to get through. Uh, Tom, I'm going to start with you on this one. Um, is basketball trauma real? Uh, how do the Raps shake <laughs> off this scar tissue? Oh, my God. Or is it scar tissue? And that's the whole thing. You can get rid of it. Um, it seems like basketball trauma is real. People really, I, I lo- yeah, I love just sports and, and, and people watching. Uh, we're part of some fun groups. And it seems like, yeah, people really take it uh, a bit harder than they need to be. Uh, it was right. great. It, that's the good thing about sports. If If you're winning, I say enjoy it up. Uh, like live in the moment, right. that'd be great. Uh, if you're losing, it's a great thing to remind yourself it's a basketball game, right? And so uh, be passionate in it, but discard it to uh, make sure it doesn't hurt you. Actually. Yeah, you know, because I, you know, I, I'm a nut fan. I, I, lo- I love the Raptors as much as anyone else, and uh, you know, he it, loves this, them the most. Uh, oh, <laughs> thanks. And it hurt, but it's also just like it's also just a, a footnote and a hilarious part of of NBA history to watch LeBron James do what he did against us. So it's real. It's it'll be a scar tissue for um, for the I, Raptors. Big. I time. didn't I didn't plan on asking this question, but uh, what hurt the most for you? What hurt the most? Yeah. Um. What like okay I, like even you, yeah, can't, you I can't think, even joke it off. You saw it and you're okay. like, "Ow!" Uh, probably yeah. What you were talking about seeing the regression that we saw in games two and four, and and to see that right, reg- it was like full on like six foot person like regressing all the way till they're back in inside of a womb. Totally, and like me, the regression was so full. Exactly, it went right back to when our me and our other brother and his wife and my good friend James went all the way to Washington to watch the sweep. Right, and to yeah, it's always disheartening to see your team play so flat in an in an uh, uh, elimination game. You want to go out swinging, and the the second quarter and the fourth quarter were even being as optimistic as I am, hard to watch. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's a good question. So, yeah, uh, basketball trauma. Uh, you know, actually, let's just say, yeah, it is real. I won't even ask that question. How, how did the Raptors get rid of the scar tissue, and what, <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the toughest thing for you to watch? Um, when it comes to the trauma question, I feel like it was there until – listen, it's the same answer. Like, I don't feel like basketball trauma really kicked in, and it's the same as the disheartening moment until – LeBron hit that turnaround jumper in game one. When he hit that turnaround jumper oh, yeah. to send it over time, that's when everything, like, kind of, like, they were still kind of holding on. They lost by one, but as soon as game one was done, like, it was real. You notice, like, the game, games two and four were the big blowouts. And then, so you had some breaks and, like, a fresh scenery, but mm-hmm. every close game was, like, that was it. Like, you couldn't and, bounce back from a close. And game three was yeah. weird, too. Because anyone who watches a lot of basketball knows that you expend so much energy making a comeback. Yeah. That uh, that, even, that game wasn't as a close as close oh. as it appeared. No, no. You know what I mean? It wasn't I know, like I know LeBron one. hit that insane shot and won the game or whatever. But, but they played was, a game and a half that game in terms of their energy exactly. to get yeah. back um, into that. Like, every, every, I know a lot of people, and I know, like, even, like, the heads on, like, television say the same thing had... 
had they won game one, it would have been a completely different series. And mm-hmm. I think it would have been because it would have been like that would have been like two yeah. ghosts kind of off their back. That's like you like even it's true for a lot of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But even like in the Washington series, like they won game one and they felt like there was an energy of like there was a relaxation. So they won game one and then they held on for game two. And then they lost the next two and you didn't feel like things were out of control and they were gonna lose. Like even the demeanor like the demeanor of the players coming back home were like, yeah, we we messed up. We got this. And like they went out and just took care of business for the next two games. Like that for like that was a six game series that actually felt like five. But like, what, what was worrisome about that to me was just the level that we were playing at. We, I was looking to see that one be a four or five game series. I don't think it was. I don't think you can look at each series and like have it carry over. It, w- it would be the same thing. Like if we got Indiana in the second round, we would blast. We would have blasted them. I just hundred percent agree. But but um, but before we get to kind of yeah, compare and contrast because that's that's going to loop into my point. Sorry, I feel like I've been cutting you off. Yet. No, it's fine. Um, but Whoa, uh, Fred, Will, chill out. I know. I ignite passion. That's what I. I did do. say the f word already. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, and I looked at Thomas when I said it. I feel kind of weird about that. Um, <laughs> Will. Uh, I know you know basketball trauma is real. Um, I'm sorry I even you know like lobbied that as an actual question. I That's said, a goddamn I said fact. Okay. I said I'm um, okay. And I've but, just been rocking back and forth. But Will, scar scar tissue, how do you how do you get rid of it? I think you alluded to this a little bit in your previous answer. But uh kind of with Will. Beyond that, beyond that, um what is uh what was your most painful moment? Um there's first of all, there's I don't think there's any getting rid of the scar tissue with this core group of players. Right. Um, it's like, and also what's funny about this year is I was not upset once during the playoffs this year because I knew, I already knew what was going to happen. I watched them shit their pants in the regular season against both Cleveland and the Celtics when the Celtics didn't have, uh, Kyrie was hurt at that point. And the Celtics were like making a run for the first overall seed or uh, yeah, the top and the Raptors just like shit their pants and rolled over and let them beat them. And I saw that and I was like, nothing's changed. This is literally the exact same mentality and group of guys they've always been. And they are about to be absolutely humiliated in the playoffs at some point. Cause it's, it's like, so it's, I don't think this group, I mean, if they won a championship, I honestly would be like, okay, I'm at neutral. Like the, the joy that would come from Speaking these guys of trauma, a championship yeah. would take me back up to zero. What <laughs> a bad time I have had watching them. Because the other thing is too, like the Wizards series, also watching them those two games in Washington, uh, three and four, it was just like, you watch that and you're like, these guys don't, they don't have it. They simply do not have the focus and the energy. Like, sh- I get it. Shots don't fall. People make mistakes. Like, those, or like other teams just beat you because they're better. But those two Wizards games, it's like, this is a team that, like, just, like, really falls to pieces when uh, push comes up. I mean, that was the first playoff series they won, like, kind of convincingly in the elimination game. Cause the bucks last year, they won because the bucks failed their comeback. It's like, yeah, it was it's, very, it's, very similar to, uh, our game three in Cleveland. 
the Bucks literally yeah. like Giannis had nothing left when he complete like you know he had, he didn't have enough to complete the comeback. Yeah, and it and then you watch like um, you watch the Celtics who are absolutely the least talented team, although the Cavs are really bad. But don't, like, don't get me started on on people calling Horford and Tatum and Rozier untalented. And Brown. But oh, like, my God. Those four players team, are fucking fantastic. Uh, they're all yeah. so good. They are amazing. I can't amazing. handle this anymore. This is like, yeah, you, sorry. Th- that's a top. Those are, yeah. I like, can't even get started. Okay, like, you know what? Can, can I just like hold here for a second? Does anyone here really think DeMar DeRozan or Lowry is better than Al Horford? Yeah. Al Horford? Yes. Do I think they're better? Lowry, but, do I think but they have the same ceiling as Jason Tatum? Like Tatum is playing Unreal. Who saw Rosie? But but sorry, I, I, but I like I jumped on Will's point. So because because I I, just, I do think the, that Brad Stevens keeps getting credit for players who've made themselves good. I think but, Brad Stevens right. is getting credit for a lot of top three picks. Like yes, come on. Yeah. Like how many top but three picks are on the Raptors? That team executes is the thing. Like they really you do don't execute yeah. like that unless you're like expertly coached in a way that everybody very true. both understands and buys into. So like that talent, like you can look at the Raptors and you're like, there's just like, they just don't execute. Like particularly DeMar DeRozan. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of unfair to blame Casey, but like, or, um, and the Sixers are young, but like that team just, the Celtics don't make mistakes. Well, and, and they might end up in the NBA finals just because they made the fewest mistakes out of the, the four For sure. teams yeah. that were left in this round. And I think with Brad Stevens and Casey, like a fundamental difference is Brad does not trust his players. When they do something wrong, he calls a timeout and he'll call, he'll, he'll pop style, call a million timeouts in a row and he'll take someone out of the game. And Casey's like, I, I trust my players. But also sometimes he trusts them when they go on like a 20 point. He wants regression. Casey wants his players to shoot him, <laughs> shoot them way out of it. Like he wants Lowry to come back. He wants yeah, like, and like, that necessarily might not be the case. And it gets into another point. But, but like, but I don't think people realize the luxury Brad Stevens got because the Brooklyn Nets had in net management. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh the, man, I mean, like, I'm like, so glad someone else is on this podcast saying this because, like, like if you add up all my Brad Stevens slander time, it's probably like a significant amount of time that I, I, I maybe should be working on other things in my life. Yeah. Brad Stevens doesn't have to worry. Brad Stevens didn't have to worry about being good, and having that kind of freedom would kind of make you feel better. Where Dwayne Casey is like, I'm coaching for my job. Every year. Yeah. That is a very different mentality to go into a season. So wait, Will, and I think we jumped on you again. Were you, did you have any more at that point or no? I mean, there's no, um, I like, I just, this team isn't going to repair the damage that they sort of done to all right. of our psyches. And again, it's like, it is the type of thing where it's not just like losing, like people keep talking about like, Oh, the Raptors are unlucky to run up against LeBron James. It's like that team sucks. That team got taken to seven by the Pacers. And I mean, Oladipo is clearly an incredible player. But, like, the Cavaliers are a really bad team. Like, they are just lacking in uh, – like, they have the, the – Kevin Love and LeBron James have the kind of talent around them that, like, Kobe and Shaq did. And – I, I, th- I think team, you're right. The team is bad. And I, ju- I think if the Pacers had beaten the Cavs, 
the Raptors would have come in like, we don't got to face the Cavs. We just got to face the Pacers. And the Pacers would have absolutely rolled in and kicked the fucking shit out of them. <laughs> really? Because they just would have been hyped up from beating LeBron. And, like, they just would have – like, the team, it's, it's beyond just, like, losing. It is, like, literally getting humiliated. Like, I keep coming back to this, but it's, like – Getting humiliated that way sucks. Like, I could handle being a Grizzlies fan and just knowing every playoffs, you're just not quite going to be talented enough. But, right. like, they're still going to play hard, and they're still going to, like, sort of reach their ceiling. Or I think, I think Miami ceiling. was kind of like that this year. Kind Miami? Of. Yeah, like, they just don't have that much talent, but it seems like they fight oh, really yeah. hard. That, that team is awful. I mean, Spolstra is... Maybe the best coach in the league. Like Spolster's I don't know amazing. how he does. I love Spolster. The shit say, he does. I, say, I think he's great. Absolute garbage dumps. Um. I, I, okay. Uh. My take here is <laughs> basically, as far as the trauma and scar tissue, I think you kind of nailed it, Will, when you said that there's no removing that from this team. Yeah. Um. Sp- I think specifically Lowry DeRozan. I don't think there's removing their playoff failures, um, even though you know there's there's a lot that you know, the, the, there's a lot um, of numbers and kind of that sort of thing behind uh, Lowry really not having that bad of a playoffs this year. And yeah, he was good. He he was actually just he he got he got that monkey off his back, which DeRozan kind of did last year. But I think DeRozan went back into high ineffective usage in his regression, so it really doesn't paint a good picture for him now i don't know if this is like an adjacent point to yours um or if it's actually kind of um the opposite but i think the thing that killed me the most is that indiana did a couple things really well you know thaddeus young shadowed uh love and uh, they were very physical with LeBron. They fought through screens. They did a bunch of, a bunch of basic things that this Raptor squad didn't do. Uh, our our defense was very high concept. But you, but as you saw in the regular season, which you touched on a little bit as well, Will, when when the going got tough in fourth quarters, our defense was not tough. They weren't effective. Um, they couldn't just get that one stop over the course of a longer, uh, like a forty eight minute game or the, or the season. It worked out. Like, the numbers worked out. Um, but what killed me, I think, is is the fact that Indiana played Cleveland so well. And, and though I agree with you a little bit in that Cleveland is, is certainly not as bad as they've been, I think they basically had Love and Tristan Thompson injured for massive parts of the year, had about four to five players who were just like, locker room disaster circus shows uh, had to overplay LeBron still won 50 games and were very injured in the first round. Um, Tristan Thompson came back in what game seven came back in game seven, dropped 50, had 15 and 10. Right. And so, so I think that, I think what happened was, and you're seeing it with golden state as well is they turned it on in the playoffs. They mailed in the regular season and they turned it on. They just waited till they played us. I don't, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they exactly turned it on in the playoffs, but they used seven games to actually get some shit together. Yeah, like, like people keep looking at that Indiana series, going Indiana took them to seven. They would have killed us, which I feel like is like fundamentally false for a few reasons. But like Indiana is a big matchup difference 
than Toronto. They play very different. They play very physical. Thaddeus Young is a thicker dude than OG is. They have like bodies they can throw at them. They have like no care in the world. Um, and like that's the first time that squad played together. When game one hit, that was the first time they played together. When game seven hit, that was the seventh time they played together. And LeBron can figure things out also, in seven you, games. You have to give Lou credit for saying no new friends. So he basically yeah. beat the crap out of us by saying, if you were one of the guys who is part of this new trade, you're not playing. Nance benched. Clarkson mm-hmm. benched. benched. And he didn't do any of that against Indiana. And he yeah. also, actually, George, sorry, George Hill. George Hill, but George Hill, but George Hill is a better, yeah, is a better. But, but basically, Rodney Hood didn't play. on Love, Smith, Thompson, LeBron, and George um, Hill, George Hill. Uh, but 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 again, like I, I, it's weird. I don't want to get into an apologist type of stance because I don't want to give this Raptors team too much credit. Thomas, I know you're itching to say something, but we got so much to get through here. So I'm gonna just lob the next question at you. Oh man, just quick point. Okay, hit me up. I think Will's right. Uh, and I think other people are right too. I think this Cleveland team <laughs> is bad. Are you telling me multiple truths can exist at the same time? I'm Thomas? blowing your mind. Whoa. I just saw Avengers, Doctor Strange. What up? <laughs> blowing minds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but I, I think Will. I think you're really you're you're right that they're Cleveland's bad. But I also think LeBron is LeBron. Like, and we did get LeBron, and many. Like many before, and likely many after, he he just he went bananas on us. The amount of forty point games that he's had in already, what is it, uh, eleven games? Yeah. There's been he has something like four or five forty. His point numbers games. in the first two rounds are almost identical. I like, think Cleveland is bad, but they also just have this guy that are just, they bad though? They have I, an I, historic uh, offense. Vi- they like again. Like the last three years, like they're I, I, they're bad at defense. I think. I think they're. I think people expected so little of them because they played so poorly at right. points in the season, but they're not bad. I think that notion of them being bad is like, yeah, it's I guess what, I, it's what okay. getting people. They're, what I, people they're get so people. so speaking not, of bad, we got to move on here. Thomas, who was your biggest disappointment in the uh, season? For, in or the sorry, season? sorry, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, uh, it's got to be Ibaka. Baca. Uh, Baca, after spending coming with us and then uh, getting a full season to get his feet wet, uh, something like he was obviously very good for us in so many different parts in the regular season. But come the playoffs, that guy was there in game one, and then we almost many times maybe we shouldn't have even suited him up. He was he was very bad. He didn't start me. in game four. Yeah, that was the first time in his playoff career he didn't start, and it was like that probably should have happened sooner. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who who's your biggest disappointment? It would prop. I would have like I'm not gonna say the same answer because it's probably Ibaka. Um It's but, okay. If if there's a unanimous disappointment yeah, that's among not. this tire fire, you know what I mean? Like maybe there was one tire that burned brightest. Right? <laughs> that's true. But he was the guy who like we needed to step up. He's yeah, the guy with the he's uh, been to the finals. He's the uh, he's you just kind of expected a little bit more. Well, not a veteran. I won't should, should you expected he, a lot more out of him. Should his role have been simplified? Like, get some blocks, get some rebounds. Don't worry about the threes. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, just to like, re-engage him. 
I don't think because like because he was like yeah. and I said this before in the podcast, but like we were a Swiss Army knife team. And he's our most Swiss Army knife like player. But he you're does, just like, not you're not paying him to be like, hey, we actually don't need that much out of you. You're we're paying him to be like the third head of our dragon, you know? And we needed right. him to be knocking down open half paper. of yeah. the the stuff that he was in half of half of what he was hitting. We needed him to be a threat. And he couldn't dribble. And after game one against Washington, because he dropped, what, 22 in that, fir- in that first game? Yes. Yeah, he was, he was um, great. He shot, shot from, very well from three as well. Shot Washington. very well after that first game. Then you kind of like, you had some hope. And then and then, and then, and in then the, he disappeared. And you he, needed him to be like this threat. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm, I, it's very close between him, Lowry. And it's, I can't get away from the core. Like if hey. I'm gonna, if I'm, I mean, yeah, the core it, all underperformed their contracts. If you want to compare them, what about to outside like of the core? Who would we all pick? Um, wait, let's go to Will first. Will, who's your most disappointing player? Well, I'm not gonna say Abaka because I think Abaka stinks and has been riding his reputation that he had sort of free having to be the second option. Like Abaka has. Uh, been inconsistent and unreliable since he was forced to be the second option in Oklahoma City that year uh, Westbrook was out. Like, he is not reliable, and he's older, so he's not as athletic anymore. He just – I truly – this contract is one of the worst ones in the history of the Toronto Raptors. Like, he was not reliable all season. He took games off all season. He, like – gets distracted, he gets lazy. Like, he drives me nuts. He uh, definitely is unreliable and, and for He's sure was not so bringing it every headed He got so many texts this year and bad fouls from just, like, and then part of it was like, oh, I want to see that, like, yeah, that passion and stuff, but then it was bordering on the line of, too much to so be we all agree. Abaka out of all did, of our stinkers, no, no. stunk it. Well, mine is, um, okay. mine would be absolutely 100% uh, DeMar because it's like Lowry was like, I don't think Lowry had a bad game all playoffs, like game four against Cleveland. He didn't score much, but he still was like, you know, there and present and, and playing at least perfectly fine. And you want maybe more, well, for sure more than that, if the guy's going to be like your best player, but he was like very good through the entire playoffs. And it's like, so DeMar doesn't even have the excuse of, you know, feeding off of Lowry's bad attitude that's kind of happened in the past. He can, just can I just nominate that's a, that's a good ass. Can I just nominate um, Bebe for trying to take a charge on LeBron at half? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That was great. As far as insane shit to see when your team is like already down 12 points, when Bebe tried to take a charge, and he was moving on the charge, and like they didn't even call the foul on him. They just like let. Let it play because they were just like, "What was that?" Like it was, it was, it was, it was a disaster. Um, Wait, you're saying that was bad that he did that? Because for me, that was probably the highlight of the series. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You no. know what? Um, OG was the highlight of my series in the playoffs. Uh, okay, well, I think I think we got I think we got Yao's first answer. Uh, OG, is he, is he your um, uh, the guy who performed? You know, outperformed his expectations the most. I like I like I just really like the way he played. I feel like this is one of those like okay, and this is me thinking this through and then 
sort of agreeing with Will. Um, actually, more agreeing with Will. It hey, is hard to take. If we have opinions changed, can we yeah. just say that that's okay? It's okay. Yeah, we're not. Well, I, I'm not a. I'm not a. I mean, obviously, I am with it is, Stevens, but everything else, you know, I'm willing to change. Listen, when you're well, leaders, you're going to change over and agree with me. I think it is absolutely fine to change your opinion. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to join Will at some point, then you're, I'm, you're rolling I'm with more Thanos, with, you know? I'm more with Will in the sense of like this core has like some bad memories and those bad memories can be infectious. They have some ghosts in the nursery. Is that fair? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> no, that's not fair right. at all. So with uh, Van Bleek and OG, who I like probably those two players I like the most in the playoffs. Uh, they were probably the least afraid when they played. Uh, they kind of just took it as it laid, and they went out there. It would be really disappointing to have them kind of infect, like infected by the ghosts that haunt DeRozan and Lowry. Right. So not so much Casey still, but when you have like those players kind of like shrink up when they see LeBron. It's a little bit like, I don't want to see OG next year kind of shrink up. Like he has like a pretty high roof and he'd be, mm-hmm. I think he was a little, a little bit of a steal in the draft. Not, I'm not saying the best player. He's probably a top five rookie, but like it's a little bit of yeah, a steal no, in the drive. When, when you get a top five uh, rookie that's drafted in the twenties, that's pretty great. Yeah, it happens. Um, Will, who is your, uh, is it also OG or is there someone else who uh, outperformed their expectations the most? Uh, I mean, I think uh, OG, played um it, it's I, I thought siakam was going to end up with uh og's role me too og would be yeah. nervous but he's just like his the, his boringness even translates to him like you can't intimidate him because he's just not interesting enough to be intimidated yes. he is, <laughs> he is like, such a he, he is just he's just yeah. like a man who goes out and plays hard and i mean he like hit the rookie wall for a bit but it wasn't because he was like, bu- like he, uh, that's fine I really too. Liked the way he played, but it, uh, for sure. I think Valanchunas, I mean, the game one missing all those shots, missing all the putbacks at the end. JV was, brutal, was my but pick. Like, yeah. He, Valanchunas was like, you know, he was there and he played absolutely as well as he could have. And, uh, especially against Washington, I made Gortat maybe beat up on him a little bit in like three and four, but I mean, there were games where, Literally nobody was rebounding except for Valanchunas. It's like everybody else had two or three rebounds, and then Valanchunas and, yeah, had and, like fifteen and or scoring sixteen. Too. He just was so integral in that first round, and like I, I really think he played as well as he possibly could have. And I, I'm like, I also have a soft spot for him because I wrote him off this year, and then he ended up actually you know, figuring it out and putting it all together. That's yeah. the, that was my like one big reach this year. He was, it was like, uh, JV needs more time. It's, he and was, everyone. He's 25 years old. So it kind of makes sense. Um, Tom, OG, JV, somebody else, JV, o, OG, all of them, both of them. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, all of them, <laughs> the whole team, they all the exceeded whole my expectations. Uh, no, I guess <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would pick OG because he's a rookie and you just, you wouldn't expect him any rookie to be able to go up against John Wall and LeBron James and and do what they did, yeah. but JV's got to be a close second. But he just got yeah. I was going to jump in on you, Will, and just say like, it, it when nobody was scoring, we were going into him too, and he was just a beast for us. And then we needed someone to lighten the load for him when he got gassed, and we just couldn't find anyone else. Yeah, I so I think for me the way I look at OG is like wow. We have someone on a rookie contract who's already as good as Otto Porter. 
That's awesome. Um, yeah. And with JV, though, he's the one who outperformed. I, I thought he was going to get run off the court in game one, in, in the first quarter of game one. Like, I just pace. In Washington or yeah, in Cleveland? In Washington. Okay. And just in terms of pacing. I did not. The, the, <laughs> the, the fact that he made himself so invaluable was just okay enough on defense that – because cause keep in mind, okay on defense – um, for a center is just so much more important than anybody any other position. So yeah. I, I think that him he needs to be adequate on defense. But no, is like I think he, he even showed that you know you, you can maybe run the offense through this guy. Like not fully obviously, but like if you compare yeah. him to someone like Serge, his offensive bag of tricks is much bigger, and he clearly seems to be. One of the elite rebounders in the NBA. I think it's just can I, his defense be good enough for I him think people play? are so enamored right now by the three point shot that they kind of forget that like he's a matchup nightmare and he's a natural nightmare in both in both series. Like he's just Yeah. He just kind of beats people up and when you have small someone smaller, Although, and he has a little bit of a range. I gotta say with Cleveland, it, it definitely seems like when JV starts getting going against Cleveland, it just feels like that's what they want. Because that, that's when it really gets into the trading twos for threes. That's when I felt like yeah. we lost our identity the most. Yeah. Because it was kind of like, I don't know. It's like they're playing love against JV for a reason. Like it works. And they're playing him because offense, like yeah, on the other I mean. end, it's it's a that's trade off. I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's a trade off that's better for them than us. If, if, yeah, when, when things go well, um, for sure. But uh, okay, I, I got a couple more, uh, couple more questions for you boys. A couple more hot um, takes. Like, I will say, I am disappointed. I would have really liked to have seen the uh, series against the Pacers just because I really think that, like, I really think JV would have just, like, really kicked the shit out of whoever they threw at him oh. in that series. And they just... I think Indiana we would have... does not have the shooters to counteract that the way Cleveland does. And, like, I just really like watching Valanchunas just like maul whoever's in front of him for 28 minutes. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Oh, it's um, amazing. I love it. He's so big. It's like, I think people forget that Valanchunas is so big and so strong because he kind of looks like he never looks like he never looks mad or has like a tough guy expression. He always looks a little bewildered. He's a big goofy. Even when he's playing properly. Listen, he likes Wasega Beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the weirdest thing, too. I love that. Um, but uh, no, I, I, th- I think with JV, um, yeah, there's there's almost like you decide someone is capable of something until they prove otherwise. And I agree with you. I think it would have been big in the Indiana series. And just, just, just that's a, why I feel like every, when people are like, Indiana would have killed us. I'm like, no, that's not a well, matchup. Okay, so so for me, I, I I honestly don't know, but I think that you know the whole like bend but don't break thing. I think that every single team in the Eastern Conference would not break us. So I don't know if we would comfortably win against them, but I don't think there's another star on another team, and it spe- I think specifically a dynamic of a love. LeBron pick and roll or LeBron Corver pick and roll. I don't think that exists in the Eastern Conference. Um, like there's there's no there's definitely in the West, but there's no one I can think of in the West. There's no or in the East. Uh, no combination of players that would that would make the Raptors give up on their identity. Like we saw it a little bit with the Wizards, but we were able to kind of bend but not break. Um, I think if the Sixers, if the Sixers had were like two years further in, like had 
I agree. one or two more years experience. I think the Sixers absolutely is built because like Lowry hates those big guards. Yes. And Simmons would have just like ruined Kyle Lowry's life and Lowry would have started like pouting and moping and that would have infected the whole t- like I think in what, like, you know what I wanted to uh, see? I wanted to see Embiid JV because I think JV would have showed out. And I think that Embiid obviously is better, but I think that JV, everyone would have been like, oh, wow. Yeah. This guy is um, a pretty good Embiid matchup. But sorry. Yeah. Well, and Embiid gets like worn out. It's watching it now, him having to play every game. He has bad conditions. It's like you can, it's, it's like the guy is just, you know, he only played like 58 games this season. Yeah, He's totally. just not acclimated to playing this much that's why boston so and philly it, fans it's like have fun with irving who never plays and Embiid. oh my gosh plays. they have so much trade capital um, it pisses me off all right but yeah sorry yeah <laughs> i know i always just got to throw in slander they, they have a very very uh um positive futures they have okay. an, an embarrassment that, of riches. i mean that's the other thing about the raptors too is when people talk about walking them back it's like it's like even if LeBron leaves it's like yeah let's bring him back so we can get humiliated by philadelphia and boston as well yeah, but I just I, I think back to that point I made with LeBron. I think I think he's the only one who had the ability to humiliate this team in the East. I, I think agree. I think Harden the could. Team is going to humiliate us. Who? Like when they've got hey if Hayward and Kyrie come back, like like back to what they were. I think that is going to be the kind of team that like. You just, especially since every every Raptors fan already hates the Celtics, it's just be going to be the kind of game where you're like, I don't know, let's just like go to a bar and watch it there, so we can just get so drunk we don't remember. It. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm a wait I'm, and see when it comes to Boston. Me too. I'm I, I'm with Yao on the wait and see, but I am with yeah, Will on the misery because I I just think that you know similar to the old days with Dwight Howard and Harden, everyone's like they're so oh. much better with how when Howard's on the on the Rockets. It's like well that turned out to not be true, and I think that <laughs> Rozier is a much better defender than Irving and puts him in a different defensive category. I think he puts straight it's... up. But again, obviously, but Irving's I team's amazing. very different with Rozier in the backcourt because I, I feel like they kill Kyrie's back there. We're not going to talk too much about this, but Kyrie's back there. I don't think the shots get spread out as much. I don't yeah, think yeah, the future well, where's all the prime. minutes going with all those yeah, guys. I, oh, I, Horford's going to be a year older. Again, we're just making a bunch of, uh, we're just making a bunch of speculations. For a team yeah. That's probably going to be great. And also Ainge is clearly like a freaking An embarrassment bastard. of rich. Listen, yeah. listen, if one guy is given a million dollars to invest and another guy's given a thousand, of course the guy with a million dollars, honestly, make more money. and that's what Boston is. They at have this rate at this rate. We're somehow going to like trade OG for Baines. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's what the rap, that's what's going to happen to the Raptors. We're, we're going to be like, okay, so everything's looking good. And, and then they're like, oh, Ainge somehow got OG. Ugh. Um, and and Freddie like, has to I feel like, like uh, Messiah and Ainge are kind of like uh, opposite ends of the same thing where it's like Ainge has this wealth of like this embarrassment of riches to work with. And he's pretty much nailed all those picks. Oh, whereas he's been so good. Messiah has only had like pretty much aside from the lottery, the, like the Pirtle pick has pretty much only had, uh, like, Sec- you know, uh, late like, picks, well, yeah, he, totally. but he's nailed every single one of those as well. Totally. So it's yep. like, that's I, why I, I, everyone, the Celtics, big, oh, they have no talent. It's like semi Ojale is good. What are you talking about? Shane Larkin's not even that bad. Um, yeah. so I, I don't know, like they, they, they've, they've done impeccable drafting. Um, all right. As, as usual, I'm probably running too long here. 
I was going to go over Lowry and DeRozan and Ibaka, but I feel like we've been sprinkling that in. So I, I want to end on something that is going to be a bit uh, forward thinking, even if it's negative. That's okay. okay. Um, I'm ready. So, uh, Tom, I'm going to start with you Woo. since you're ready. Um, so, <laughs> um, as far as our personnel, who's your biggest regression candidate? So, that, so like, by that I mean who's, who's going to be much worse than they were this year. So keep in mind, if you think Serge had a bad year, he has to be much worse than he was this year. Uh, and then also, who is your candidate for most improved? For just on our roster next year. And again, this is obviously a wild guess, but... Wild guess. Um, and maybe it hurts my heart to say it. Lowry? <laughs> and maybe it hurts your heart. Maybe does it hurt your heart It does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, right. Lowry could regress easily. We've right. seen his minutes age, go down. Age is a thing. Age yeah. is a thing, I guess, with these young guys coming in yeah. just dunking all over people's brains, Donovan Mitchell. Like, I just can't see him lining up with Donovan Mitchell next year and having a step on him. So that's who I'd see as a regression. Okay. So Regre- who's regression. your biggest improvement uh, guy? Uh, you got you got to say OG because every time he steps on the court, you're starting to see something totally different. So no sophomore slump from him. Um, if there's one guy you could maybe bet on not sleeping at night and just never blinking and sitting on the edge of his bed having his eyes open, no regression. It's OG. <laughs> wow, what an image there. <laughs> are, you um, saying, are you saying that's a good way to live life? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think it's a good way to live life, but that's, well, that's how he lives that's, his life. That's the well, guy I bet on being steady for one more I year. I think it was pretty clear months. what he was saying, Will. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, like, that's a great way to like die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at least you and Will can agree on sometimes there are great ways to die. <laughs> Um, Will, uh, who's going to, who's going to die, uh, the most next year for the Raptors and who's going to live the most for the Raptors? Or, oh, did you say Will? Oh. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. I did. That was confusing. Yes. Will. Uh, I, uh, I, I, for, I think my answer for both of those is, uh, Siakam. Cause I don't think I'm like Thomas. I don't think OG I just have this weird thing in my brain where I'm like, I just truly do not believe he can get worse than he is this season. Like he just is too smart defensively. And oh, like, sorry, I must have been great. And his passing is only okay. So like, I don't think he's going to regress on any of those skills. I think it's possible. He doesn't, you know, you never know. Maybe he doesn't get much better or any better next year, but right, I don't he's think like, he's getting any worse. Right. But like Siakam, it's the kind of thing where if that dude shows up and he can shoot, then he's like, he's like a crazy X factor. Just this like tall, fast dude running Sean Marion the court and like jumping, but he's not totally disciplined. So like, he still makes dumb mistakes. Um, but I could also see a big regression where, you know, he just tries too hard to do too much next year. And I think there's a real possibility that we're going to lose Van Vliet over the summer and I think that'll have that would have a could potentially have a real impact on him too, if he's only working with Wright as his point guard. I think he might struggle then. But uh, yeah, I, he's just like a guy with a lot of tools that are still, you know. And he's I think he's like was he twenty four, twenty five? Like he's not as he's not super young. Um, so like I just think, and also a guy who you know, is that athletic. There's also always the risk of him just tearing his ACL and then that's it. But like, 
I just feel like he has the potential to just go full Jamario Moon and uh, just like kind of fall apart as he tries to do too much. Remember that Jamario Moon rebound, though? Does anyone remember that? Yeah. Um, Yeah, who's your regression candidate? Who's your uh, giant leap candidate? Uh, My... This all depends on like personnel. Mm-hmm. I think my giant leap would be OG, but that all de- depends on who's around him. Uh, and I think we keep hitting him points before. He was kind of fearless. He he has a bunch of like the tools. I think we kind of nailed that pick. We got lucky. Uh, I just like where he's going. I like how we took LeBron head on, and we have like we could have something very special there. Um, my regression is Lowry, sadly. Uh, I mean, it does make sense. Like he's, he's turning thirty-three. There's uh, there's a bunch year. of things yeah, he like, plays. He plays a position which small, requires which requires a lot. Where like the most elite players in the league play. There, the, listen. Uh, Lillard's not getting any worse. Now he's going to get Simmons, Kyrie, and Rosier are in Boston. There's the draft coming up, which has a few good point guards mm-hmm. coming in there. Um, Dragon, like even to like challenged him and took him pretty far. Like there's a lot in there and like that position requires a lot unless you're unless his like three point shooting starts to get up to like the Steph range. <laughs> yeah. Like and he starts playing the hard nose defense he started like he was playing like three years ago. It's just a hard matchup for him to like still be there. And our team I don't think it's so much his personal regression, but like our team can't go as far if he's not going as far. And I don't think he's gonna go much further. Yeah, it's gonna what be. What is this thing where every fucking point guard is like six foot five now? Like, when the hell did this happen? Where, like, every point guard is LeBron huge. I kind of think that's a bit of a response. I mean, the, that's a fun, fascinating thing because I, I mean, this is a whole different tangent. Yeah, but, 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 but 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 we brought up. Um, uh, actually, I think it was with uh, you and Ennis Will, where we talk about like what will swing the pendulum, and I think it might be like average height six seven teams, and I know that G State already did that, but Steph obviously is small. But I yeah. think that like when you have you ever seen some of the uh, lineups Philly's rolling out? It's like yeah, it's hard. It's like there's no one who's less than two hundred pounds, and everyone is like six eight. And it's kind of like that might be the response to small ball. It's just like literally having monsters. But that wasn't like Philly's. That wasn't like that's not Philly's long term plan. Philly's long term plan is to have Fultz in that starting lineup, and it's then true. like have him quote unquote be point guard, but not really be point guard. Okay, here's here's my candidates. Leap. Is it cheating if I say Norm? It's no, uh, not, but but I actually don't even think it. that, which is sad. Is that wrong? Because like yeah. for Norm to have a better season, he just needs to like play, <laughs> play, play, play every cheating. second. Game. I think he's like one of the guys that That's like so you might not um, see. No, I think the leap. Um, I think it's it's kind of like a, it's two way. Um, one, I think we will resign Van Vliet, although so. I kind of... He's I, restricted, right? I don't know what the market is, though, to be honest. And I also didn't know that he was restricted. He tweeted that. It's good. I knew that he was restricted. No, but I thought... He, anyways, yeah. Um, so for me, it's uh, DeLon. And the reason it's DeLon is because I think that this is his first season um, where he got a lot of play. He's really good on defense. The only thing he really needs to change to become a much more effective player is his release time. 
He needs to put more, put up more threes, and he needs to do it a bit faster. Uh, his percentage looks okay. Uh, again, he's like very playable because he's so good on defense. I think there's a chance that Lowry's minutes go down even more, or Lowry kind of has an old man injury type thing. I just see. I think it's in the cards for Delon. Um, as far as regression candidate, I think Lowry's fair, um, but a part of me is thinking Miles. Why, 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 why am I thinking that? Is a 33-year-old shooter? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Corver looks fine. But, like, th- there's a part of me that's just kind of, like, I feel like Miles might, like, this year was all feel good, and I could totally see him being, like, I was supposed to be the starter. And that's starting to kind of happen next year, where, where he's, like... I don't think so. I think he knows his role. I think he'll... Fair enough. I think but he got pretty, traded knowing, thinking he was going to be the starter. He for sure... No, yeah, for sure. Yeah, thought he was going to be the side, he was projecting starter. The hands down. Um, I think that's it for time. But uh, I love you all. Uh, Yao, uh, do you got anything going on you want to plug? Wait, are you going to say, like, what your... What, like, are we not going to talk about what sort of our ideal situations for next season are? Um, I guess we better. Now that you've brought it up. Yeah, geez. you know what? That was actually on my list, and I passed it by accident. Wow! <laughs> because I was skipping. Well, there, I just realized there was so much misery. So wait, yeah, Will, what, 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 like, wait, are you, are you, are you saying what you think should happen or what you hope will happen? What's the ideal I scenario? Mean, oh, I ideal. Was, okay. I was thinking kind of like dream situation for next season. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Well, yeah, let's dream a bit. So Kerr's on the table. Okay. Yeah, yeah Kerr's <laughs> back on the t- Kerr and Grimace are both on the table for oh, Thomas. Woo, I'm in, guys. Okay, Will. Dream scenario. I'm gonna become. I'm gonna become one of those insane Raptors fans who's like, I think we should just trade, uh, you know, Demar and uh, Siakam for Kawhi, and I think that would be good for both teams. Uh, I would love if uh, this is like the most depressing dream ever, but I would. I'm still gonna be a little realistic. Like, I don't think Ibaka is. Po- it's possible to trade him in a way that doesn't hurt the team even worse than just keeping him. So I agree. All, all of our big is, contract guys are just basically untradeable. Sorry. I don't think so. Well, my okay. good there. Yeah, my sir. dream would be uh, Lowry, Lowry traded for whatever, whatever assets, be it cap space or picks or whatever. Same thing with DeMar. You let Casey go, even though that breaks my heart because I love Casey. And then you bring in Stackhouse and you just you just run – the 905 champions out into the uh, NBA. <laughs> well, we already got Lorenzo Brown. That's hilarious. Yeah, like, I just want, like, so many of his G League dudes would be on the team. I just think that would be so incredible to be like, hey, we beat the best in the G League. Now it's time to see how we stack <laughs> the best in the NBA. <laughs> That's so dumb and hilarious. Wait, is, uh, is, is Stackhouse playing in this scenario? Is he a player coach? Uh, uh, no, but he is like, but he's still like, uh, only all of his, uh, like courtside in get, uh, in game, uh, interviews are about who he beat, um, during shoot around. <laughs> that's pretty great. Um, okay. That's a pretty wonderful ideal scenario. Um, yeah, let's hear, let's hear Tom. So oh, you, man. Yeah, I was saving himself. I can tell. Yeah, good. I want Grimace and the whole gang, you know? That's what, <laughs> sure. I was, that's what you got me thinking about. If Ronald was there, the yeah. little peach girl. Um, 
<laughs> do the uh, do the French fry bushes count as one player or multiple? <laughs> See, that would be our secret weapon. You know, just like you get to sling a French fry baseline, and next thing you know, all the other teams are overweight, and we're on our way to literally a dynasty. And that's okay. <laughs> you know, that's great. Um, Yao, uh, I don't know if you're if you're gonna make any sense. Uh, I don't know if I can top that, but I'm gonna try my best. Okay, I have two me, scenarios. Um, this one breaks my heart, but I'll say it anyway. If you're going to get rid of Casey, the dream scenario is you get rid of Casey, you hire Becky Hammond. Okay. Um, and she's and hire, amazing. And you hire I a new GM. It breaks your heart that they have to hire a woman. Like no, it breaks my heart to know, get rid of. It breaks my heart to say this, but I think they got to bring in a chick. You know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it breaks my heart to get rid of Casey because I'm defending him, and I will continue to defend him online. Um, <laughs> but if you're if you're going to if you're going to change a big culture, you're going to do a big culture change. You weird, yeah. there's a there's a method to this madness. You have a new GM. Uh, you get Becky Hammond in. And then you do actually trade DeMar DeRozan and some other piece for Wyatt Leonard because Pop will actually pull the trigger on that trade because I feel like he's in her corner and to see her kind of in a good scenario, I feel like he would let that trade happen. But wait, he doesn't gets he hate Kawhi? I don't think he hates Kawhi. Okay. I think he hates Kawhi's people. I and see. he keeps saying that. But I feel like if he wants to go to a bigger market, he would let her like kind of set her up for success. And if you're going to have like, if you're going to get a new coach or a new piece, uh, I feel like pop will be like generous. Cause he kind of signs off of all like player movement. So if you want, if you really want Kawhi in Toronto, then you're probably, you're going to have to like have some goodwill towards great, great Popovich. Um, my I, love other, I like it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That one that literally, it makes the most sense. I wouldn't let, um, the other thing we'll, is, we'll just agree to disagree on our <laughs> ideal situation, I guess. I will. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like the the other ideal situation is you have to you have to trade either Lowry or DeRozan. No, sorry, Lowry first, then DeRozan. Um, but I also know that Washington's thinking the same thing. They're between Beal and Wall. And you might be able to pull something off because, like, no one in Washington likes Wall, and you could probably put a big package together to get a, get him out of there. Um, but you're not going to get like, you're not going to trade our backcourt for their backcourt. You're going to get one or the other, and I feel like they're going to keep Bradley Beal. So somehow make some package to get Wall in town. Maybe that's enough of a culture change. But he's someone that just doesn't give a shit about LeBron. And I feel okay, like, I got it, I got it. Okay, right, who's ready for this? All right. Um. It's quietly been happening for this calendar year. Okay. He's coming into his own, and by that I mean he's uh, starting to call shots, and I think he is starting to realize that he can control a franchise, and his name is Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he's going to demand a trade from the Bucs, and the Bucs are going to have to find a trade partner to get back any value. We're going to be there with just a buttload of assets. And Masai is uh, already good friends with Giannis. He loves him. He tried to trade up again. And Giannis loves Masai. Yes. So it's a nice kind of thing going on there. And I I think it's like, I don't know if he's dramatic enough to actually demand a trade. But the way it kind of shook out this year with Prunty and Kid and... And it's just, it's kind of, it's he's starting to show some edge. Like he's not happy to be... He's just not just happy to be there anymore. I don't think it's Milwaukee. I think it's the management. I don't think he's happy to be in that 
scenario. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So that's my dream scenario: uh, is that we we trade for Giannis and we don't um, we don't have to give up an, so much that our team is then bad. Um, yeah, that's that's my take. I don't want a bad team. I don't. Want I, bad, I, I don't want a bad. That'd team. be great. Do you know how good a taste of the Danforth would be if Giannis was in town? He was our hero. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's already pretty tasty, but I guess oh, it'd be sure, tasty. yeah, it'd people be might bring out some like, yeah, some some uh, I don't know, more more some some more intense spices, perhaps. Sorry, I don't know where I was going with like, that. That was terrible. Yeah, we should trade for Giannis. Yeah, finally a Greek guy in Toronto. Oh, <laughs> finally, we would get one of those. <laughs> the city would be crazy. People would love it. Um, okay. Uh, I think I think that's I think that's it for the pod, guys. Uh Yao. You got anything going on? Yeah, I have a few things. Uh, I am opening for Sam J. Uh, at May twenty cool. fifth. Awesome, Ooh. which will be cool. Uh, opening? Where? I'm not where? opening. I'm hosting. I'm hosting the damn show. Damn. You can see me more than once. Where? Where? <laughs> at Comedy Bar in Toronto. Cool. And then I am also in San Diego doing some comedy and the San Diego Comedy Festival. I'm competing, so I get to tell jokes and hopefully win some money or a recording contract. Sweet. Woo. Um, I do that now. I, I do jokes on a professional and competitive level. Okay. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Will, I know you plugged your album last time. Why don't you just tell everyone yep. um, where they can find it again? Uh, hey, Freddie, what's my album called? Oh, man, I'm so good at this. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm trying to do the Trump thing where you're obviously bad at something, but you just tell people you're good at it. <laughs> your album is called... Stop making sense, and it's uh, <laughs> no. It's called this is it, all, and it's beautiful. It's 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 like a it's it. Oh, I don't know. Shit, sorry. So my, uh, <laughs> I could tell by the way you were like, Will, you've uh, already plugged your album. You uh, you can do that again later. You just like brazenly not saying the title of it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's called Fuck This Guy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. I knew it was something oh, uh, perfect. slightly negative, but also like, you know, self-effacing and like, you know, on brand for you. But I could only yeah, picture your beautiful negative. face. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Slightly negative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit of negativity with a smile. Mm. That's the Will, that's the Will Weldon brand. You know what I mean? Um, speaking truth to power. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Tom, what, what do you got going on? Oh man! Uh, today I went and saw the Avengers. That was pretty hype. Oh, that's hype. That's pretty good. And uh, aside from that, uh, not much going on really. Okay, awesome. Nice. Pretty uh, cool week. Pretty cool. Yeah, that week. was a really. Uh, was a nice, like a uh, similar to the end of the Raptors season, just there to, uh, for the pod. <laughs> just a dud. Um, just just a straight up dud. Uh, I started with something pretty cool, right? Yeah, for sure. The Avengers. You started and finished that full circle. Circles are cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, pals. Uh, that's been a Raptor season. We will continue through the off season. Um, you know what, uh, Matt? Maybe let's try and uh, establish a, a regular time, <laughs> or, or not. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, for the for the record, they do always uh, appear at five a.m. So that's something we can sure. Do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Something. <laughs> uh, you know, that's how you build a yeah. listenership. The five a.m. every day at five a.m. Yeah. We'll either be there, or we won't. Matt, I love you. Thank That's you for the that season. That also makes me think that like Matt is also a serial killer or something. <laughs> that he's oh. just always up at five a.m. 
That's what he does. <laughs> yeah, I get things. Matt, I get up to Matt post it. kills on a serial <laughs> level. Um, <laughs> okay. Go Raps. We'll be back Woo, soon. Go Raps. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Go, yeah, go Raps. <laughs> <laughs> anyone around here speak basketball? Thanks for listening to Season 5 of Confederacy of Dunks. We got a couple more left before we cap it off, and then we'll have the off-season specials and everything else. But uh, give us a rating on all your uh, fancy iTunes and whatnot. Okay? Okay, bye.